Welcome back to the Line to Gain podcast. Jeremy Dixon here with Mike Parker, as always. Uh, we're reviewing week one of the 2022 NFL season, looking ahead to, to week two. Yep. Um, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing to have uh, NFL football back, Mike. Yeah, it was an interesting first week. Um, I was super excited going into Thursday. I was like, wow, it's here already. Uh, excited to watch um, all the games on Sunday. Uh, did my best. Um, but yeah, it was it was exciting. And then I kind of looked back on it and went, huh, that was it? <laughs> right, yeah, no, it's it's true, man. And that the Monday night game was, I mean... We'll, 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 we'll get into for that. Us for us, sure. it was super yeah. exciting. Yeah. I, I, at least for myself, it was super exciting. But yeah, um, yeah, it was it was an awesome week of football. Like just fun to fun to see from yeah from that Thursday night game with with the Bills and and Rams to the Monday night game with the Broncos and the Seahawks. It was all the way through. My Sunday was a little bit screwed up. I had some some uh, cable outage situation going on. You handled it. Um, you handled it well. Yeah. Wasn't, wasn't the happiest camper, but, uh, yeah, we did, uh, we did make it, make it work. I at least got to see a little bit of the, the afternoon games and, and, uh, the Sunday night game. So, uh, but yeah, with that said, Mike, uh, get into our takeaways from week one. Yeah, please. Um, yeah, go ahead. So my my big takeaway from week one, um, and you already know what this is because I texted it to you and you were like, can't wait to argue this point with you on the podcast. <laughs> uh, I think as long as NFL teams are not going to play their starters in the preseason, especially their offensive starters, we're going to get really, really bad football the first few weeks of the season. It seems to be a trend um, that's been picking up over the last few years where um, if you got a roster spot, you know your starters, you know your team, you're not going to start them. Uh, it's too risky. Um, there's only three preseason games now because of the added 17th uh, regular season game. So there isn't a whole lot of time for these teams to kind of work together. These uh, coaching staff have to spend a bulk of training camp trying to decide who's actually going to make the team outside of, you know, your, your main starters. So um, you just don't get a lot of reps out there. So that kind of played itself out um, as far as turnovers go, a lot of fumbles, a lot of quarterbacks throwing, you know, turning the ball over. Um, so yeah, it wasn't the most crisp, uh, form of MB, uh, NFL basketball, or I'm sorry, NFL football, but, um, what are you going to do? I- I'm just worried, like, what is this going to look like when the NFL inevitably goes to two preseason games and 18 regular season games every year? It's, it's just going to get worse and it's going to come to the, I mean, yeah, it's like, when, when do these teams when are they actually firing on all cylinders? I mean, there was a few teams. Obviously, the Bills looked amazing against against the Rams on on Thursday night to open the season. Uh, but there was a lot of bad football. Well, they had a lot of turnovers too. That's, things that were yeah, just that's like true. a drop that's a true. drop pass like where that got ripped right out of the, guy, the receiver's hands. Right. There's some miscues, like overthrows. There's a lot of stuff that doesn't look very good. Yeah. Now, I mean, it's a good point. I mean, but what are you going to do? Like, we still showed up for week one to watch, you know, essentially, relatively speaking, shitty football. Yeah. So um, we're going to show up, and the, and the teams are going to operate what's best for them. Um, I worry mostly about those soft tissue um, injuries, the the knee injuries, the hamstrings. We saw a lot this um, weekend. You, you see them a lot in training camp because they're just the, – the bodies are not ready up for that level of um, of work 
oftentimes when they when they come into training camp and they're out there pushing themselves to the limit and things pop and things snap and you know it's and we saw a lot like uh, tj watt tore his pec muscle um jamal adams tore his quad yeah uh there yeah there's and that's just a couple off the top of my head i know there was there was many more as well well you think about it all of that connective tissue between those muscles you can do bench presses and all that other stuff but when you're doing like fast twitch movements explosive movements it's the entire you know chest um not just that muscle not just that pec so it's that soft tissue tissue that's attached to the to the to the bone and if that snaps you know, you have to train that too. It has to be elastic. It has to be able, you know, to to stretch and and you know capture the force that you're putting upon it. Um, and oftentimes, because of the the short training camps and and preseason, you you're just not ready. So you, you keep your fingers crossed that no one really yeah, gets hurt. Yeah, definitely. Well, and, and that's like to that point the you know the the players today are bigger stronger faster than they've ever been but just because you're doing things to make yourself bigger stronger and faster you can't make your your ligaments bigger stronger and faster like you, you have the same ligaments as guys that played 40 years ago no i i disagree that, i, oh, I really? think i think that you like yoga there's ways to strengthen all of that connective tissue those smaller ancillary muscles that are part of the full pectorals not just one muscle there's several muscles layered over the top there's all sorts of things that you can do with modern you know medical and training technology to improve that i guess more with like knee stuff like ankles uh i I, I think it's all part of the same thing absolutely i don't think you just you walk in there and it's just what it was what you were born with you have an opportunity to to work, to train your knee, to, 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 you know, improve flexibility. Cause that's really what it is, right? When you're, when you're putting that force, you're engaging somebody in a block like TJ Watt and you're trying to throw them like ever, all that force that you're, that you're using your muscles for that ligament stretches, right? As, as you're exerting that force. And if, if it's not pliable, it's going to snap. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, yeah. Um, what are what was some of your takeaways from the? From so the one of the games that I was really looking forward to was the Philly um, Lions game. One yeah. because Philly's kind of like my um, my dark horse to win to to get to the Super Bowl this year, and the Lions, of course, were in uh, Hard Knocks. So I kind of wanted to see. I didn't see a lot from the players in Hard Knocks. It was coaches a lot, some little some practice stuff, and you know, basically. Uh, preseason game footage so it was really hard to see what that team really actually looks like when they field when they take the field Um, I was actually really impressed by the team overall and how they kind of work together Um, they scored quite a few points Uh, their running game looks really really good Uh, I think their running backs each scored uh, two touchdowns Um, uh, Jared Goff like I'm still not sure I guess through it through a pick six Mm -hmm. and a touchdown uh, Philly, I expected a little bit more defensively, I think, but I did too. but maybe that's just like that, you know, first quarter of the season defenses lag type situation. Right. Um, I would have expected them to kind of be a little bit better at ex, you know exploiting the weaknesses of the um, the Lions defense, but they held up pretty well, I guess, the Lions. So it was a fun game. Um, ultimately, for me, uh, the Philly Philly won. So. Um, 
Proud yeah, of that. I, that was one of the ones I was looking forward to, too. And because of uh, the cable situation, I was not able to watch it, but I did see the highlights. And yeah, I, I, just feel, I felt like I was hopeful that Detroit would play well, but I figured they were going to get get handled pretty, you know, relatively easy. And I, I mean, I was impressed by Detroit. I was kind of like, like, eh, about Philly. Like, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, I, I, and I think I don't want to take too much out of any game or um, the way any teams look this week because, yeah, you, gotta be careful with that. you know, yeah, I'm not going to uh, overreaction uh, Monday or whatever they call it, overreaction <laughs> Tuesday. I'm not, I don't want to go down that road, but uh, yeah, they, I, I thought um, Philly disappointed me a little bit, but I, I think that they'll get better as the season goes along. Um, and yeah, so that, that was, uh, you know, it seemed like that was a good game from the highlights anyway. Um, my, another just like random thing I wanted to add in, uh, Josh Allen, and I can't remember what the guys, uh, who it was, but he stiff armed somebody into next week. And that was possibly the greatest stiff arm by a quarterback I've ever seen. In well, an NFL well, game. Wow, that's a quite a claim. I'm not, not sure. Not that I, quarterbacks not, do that very often. I'm not but. sure I can dispute that in the moment. Nothing comes to mind, but it was pretty brutal. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was impressive. He's an impressive player. Um, uh, my brother and, uh, and I were talking about him the other day, kind of what his growth was um, from that like rookie season where he had a lot of potential but kind of would black out periodically. Um, to I think like season uh, two where he kind of like oh my god who is this guy um, we've never seen him before um, so that's been pretty impressive to me to see that kind of growth um, in that short period of time for an NFL quarterback is actually pretty impressive you don't see it a lot so I'm, I'm excited to see what his what his career looks like we'll see yeah I did see that um, he announced at his like weekly press conference or whatever that uh, he is gonna take better angles and not take on as many uh hit, like head-on hits as he was doing because he he did like there was a couple times i think did we watch that game together or no but i was whoever i was I, watching I was at it, home taking notes. okay yeah whoever i was watching it with was just like oh my god like slide what why, why did you not just slide like three different times we were just like what the hell are you doing man well i mean i i put him like from a running quarterback perspective in that cam newton level like that dude never slid. Um, and there's a reason he's not on an NFL team. Now. Well, no, I mean, if you look at his, you know, career arc, I mean, you, his five, five to six years where he was top of the NFL, I mean, he's, he's was a really good starting quarterback, like really good, like all pro level starting quarterback. And I mean, when you, you know, this, as we looked at, these players' careers over this, you know, when we look back in time, look at like Joe Namath was really only a quarterback for eight years, and and yet he's in the Hall of Fame and all this other stuff. It's like these players aren't really there on, you know, that long. So, you know, when you have a, a player like Cam that has a six, seven-year, like, span where he's an all-pro level quarterback, that's pretty damned impressive. And I think for, for me, that's my comparison for – somebody like um josh allen josh allen yeah. uh it was nick scott that got it was on the receiving end of that stiff arm so yeah anyway that so that's one of my take my like not wanting to get too caught up in the moment of that one game i mean josh allen 
has got to be the MVP favorite at this time, at this point, and I would say the Bills are probably one of one or two teams. I'll, I'll argue that uh, Pat Mahomes had a better week. This week. I missed that game, yeah. so I didn't get Allen. to see much of it. But yeah, all right. So what's uh, what's your next takeaway? Well, I think we can have this conversation now. Um, I'm out on the Cowboys. Not that I really was in on the Cowboys. <laughs> you think without that, <laughs> but. Well, I mean, I guess it's not a super hot take, but I mean, I just in general as a franchise, as a as an entity, as a as a marketing vehicle, yeah. like I'm out the ownership. I'm just completely out on the Cowboys. I, I don't think they're there's, ever going to do anything until Jerry Jones isn't the man in charge. There's of nothing exciting decisions. about them. You know, they're the most valuable sports franchise in the world, and I have no idea why. No idea why. It seems like they're still riding the coattails of those 70s Cowboys where they became, quote unquote, America's team. Um, And, you know, ever since, you know, he fired Jimmy Johnson, there's been no success for this team. They've underperformed at every level. I mean, they won that Super Bowl with Barry Switzer with Jimmy Johnson. But that's my point. After, like, he left, they won, boom, and it's gone. Like, it's done. done. Like, and not even just like phasing out done like they were pushed off a cliff done and i don't know i just the I, thing that drives me crazy is that both espn and fox sports one i guess um on those whatever the, the two shows that like where it's just people like yelling at each other every morning they lead with dallas cowboys every single day but here's my thing which drives me crazy they're driving the narrative like i don't right. th- i'm not sure people really care about it but for some no. reason they're po- the cowboys are polarizing just like right. it's like like howard stern for example like it was, there, there was this uh, the movie he was in where like he was talking they were talking about um how long did the did the average person who liked him listen? They were like 56 minutes or something like that. Well, how long did the average person who hates him listen? Like they were like an hour and 10 minutes. Yeah, right. <laughs> and it's just like, I, I feel like the Cowboys are just as polarizing as that. I, but frankly, yeah. I'm out. I don't, I don't want to see them. They're not exciting to me. Um, they're not the, the brand that everyone talks about. I don't know. I'm, I just well, that's funny because my next takeaway from the weekend was that the Dallas Cowboys must be cursed. Not cursed. That's I mean I they just have they they do the dumbest things. They they make the worst decisions. They in, wild injury. I mean yeah, it's like these guys should be The Baltimore Ravens were cursed. Okay. Well, they should have been. But the the Dallas Cowboys are a victim of their own decisions. Yeah, they're really bad that's at true. making decisions. That's true. But Jerry doesn't know football. That's true. He may know it better than me, but not not at a, a level uh, you know high you enough to to, yeah, to, to, be, to be successful in, a, in this right. in this league. Yeah, I mean, and like until it's sad to say until he's dead and gone, like when's he's not going to give up control and even if he did and named another guy gm like he's gonna be calling that guy off the hook probably like oh wait well let's draft this guy or you know let's let's go after this free agent whatever the case may be and i, I think it would just be a, a tough pl- i mean you see with the coaching changes there um or, or lack thereof i mean i think do you think I, and i wonder if he has any like self-awareness that people don't want to coach for him it's like yeah you got mike mccarthy 
uh, when he, after he got fired by Green Bay for being a pretty crummy coach. And you're going to let him just – I mean, it, it'll eventually be Kellen Moore will become the head coach after they fire Mike McCarthy, and he will be reporting directly to Jerry Jones and playing the players Jerry Jones wants him to play. It's just like Bill Parcells was probably the last coach that could, you know, control what he wanted to control with the team. I'll put it this way. My family also lacks – Jerry's level of self-awareness and there's no there's no reason that they should have it he right. has reasons to be to have lack of self-awareness he yeah. has a court of people that tell him he's right right that placate to him he uh, is supposedly one of the most vocal and influential people from the ownership group they keep feeding into this squeaky wheel mentality this extrovert mentality they, they it, he's a salesman you know mm-hmm. that's it He's a risk yeah. taker, quote unquote, entrepreneur. Uh, he fleeced people during the um, the freeze uh, with their energy energy bills. He made a, a crap ton of money off of people suffering in that situation. Uh, my guess is he's probably not a nice person, um, uh, it, like a really nice person. He might contribute to charity and do all those other rich people things. But um, no, I don't think he's a good person. I don't think he's a good GM. And, uh, you know, I'm out. Got it, man. Yeah, I'm I, I'm in complete agreement with you. So do you have any more takeaways? Yeah, or I, got a, I your... got a couple. Um, maybe it's just me, but I was trying to find some stats on, like, rushing. And I felt like there wasn't a lot of, um, six, like, teams that were really good at rushing, you know, running the football this last weekend. And I wonder what that is. Is that just lack of reps with the offense? But there was – I didn't see a lot of big runs. I saw that there were six running backs over 100 yards – um, we had Cordero Patterson, a converted wide receiver, um, who was sixth on that list with like 102 yards. And Saquon, obviously, with 164, led, led the NFL in week one. I just I thought like there wasn't a lot of, you know, outside of that top six, a lot of good, you know, rushing efforts. It's yeah. interesting. I wonder if it's just like it's first part of the season. We got to get into grooves, things like you know the Seattle didn't run very well. It's one of the things I thought we were we're supposed to be a defense rushing team. Right, we, we didn't rush the ball. That's very what they well. wanted. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Rashad Penny only had like sixty yards rushing. Uh, you know, well, I'm, I'll talk a little bit more about it. You know, later on the, in the podcast, but I was pretty underwhelmed by you know rushing, uh, especially with the Seahawks this week. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the one other thing. Um, I had was that you done with that? Yeah. Was, okay. Yeah. The one other thing I had was how amazing Minnesota's offense looked after. Uh, I mean, especially especially Justin Jefferson. Like that guy is a freak. And I mean, I there there I heard that they're essentially trying to turn him into Cooper Cup. But I mean, he's like a like athletically he's head and shoulders over Cooper cup, I would say. And I don't know about head and shoulders, well, but I gotcha. Yeah. He's, I mean, yeah, bro, come on. He, uh, he's, he is a freak athlete, but he, I, I can't wait to see, uh, I can't wait to see what he's able to do this weekend. I, or, uh, this season moving forward. And I'm just upset that Kellen Mond won't be throwing him the ball. <laughs> Still on Kellen Mond. That's, that's amazing. Um, the w- one thing that really stood out to me after just from Thursday on was how many 
damn commercial breaks there are. Like it felt like a game was like gaining momentum or you could feel the one team in quicksand or whatever. And just like these momentum shifts back and forth. And, and it just right when it felt like the tension was building, you know, we go to commercial break. I'm just like, this just kills the momentum. Like my watching experience, like I'm not used to commercials anymore. And maybe that's right. just, you know, the way we watch content nowadays. It's, it's hard, but I mean, I just, I hated sitting. Yeah. We had a conversation about that over the weekend. It was like, I don't, I don't watch anything. Um, yeah. I watch stuff on demand or whatever. So I don't have to watch the commercials. I would rather wait uh, even like a day or till the next morning to watch something so that I don't have to sit and, you know, listen to whatever BS they're trying to sell me. But yeah, it's a lot of commercial breaks and, and live TV. The only time I watch live TV is for sporting events. So that's, you know, and they're, they definitely pack those commercials in there. Got to. All right. Anything uh, for our review of last week? No, I think that's, that's about all I got. All right. Well, let's take a look forward to, to week two. Um, I had, I pulled out four games. I'll just kind of, some bullet point items, like what I'm looking forward to that games. We'll talk about the first one. I think we both have this on the list. The uh, I called them the San Diego Chargers last week. I'll call them the LA Chargers this week uh, versus Kansas City. Um, I believe I have a good idea who Kansas City is, even with the, the personnel changes they've made. I'm, I'm more excited to see whether the Chargers can play up to their com- competition. I felt last week... Um, they look good at times during the Raiders uh, game. Raiders win, I should say. Um, but they, they continued to let them back, let the Raiders back into the game. So I felt like the, whether it was the offense making mistakes or the defense not making stops, if, I felt like they played down to the competition a little bit. I think the Chargers are a better team um, than the Raiders. I think the gap between uh, two and three in that, in that AFC West is pretty big. Um, so I, 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 I'm interested to see what they can do against uh, a very, very upper echelon team. Uh, yeah, I, I completely agree. I'm interested. One of the main things I want to see is what, how these two teams look uh, playing four days after playing. You know, in these Thursday night games, they're usually pretty ugly, um, especially later in the season. I, maybe this will be a, you know, a, a little bit of a, of a deviation from that, just because it's you know the week one, week two, or week two now, uh, and we're you know they're maybe not as beat up as as teams are later in the season. But uh, you know, teams on uh, always bet the under on Thursday night football. That's good, my, good, good tip. Yep. All right, cool. Um, my You're sec- like, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> <laughs> and I had it down best two teams in the AFC West. Because your betting is going so well so far this year. Eh, not really uh, at all. And I know you're being sarcastic. Thank you. Uh, yeah, Mike. So uh, my next game that I'm super interested in is the Buccaneers and the Saints. I want to see, uh, you know, Tom Brady, since he's been the head coach – Tom Brady, since he's been the quarterback of the Buccaneers, has never beat the Saints in the last two years. Um, you know, it's a different team now. Obviously, the Saints are without uh, Sean Payton or or Drew Brees, um, and obviously Drew Brees wasn't there last year either. But um, I, I'm just, yeah, can can he kind of get that that monkey off of his back? And uh, you know, the Buccaneers looked looked fairly good on Sunday from the highlights I saw, uh, and yeah, I'm just. Uh, 
Uh, I'm anxious to see, or I guess no, that was a Sunday night game, so I did get to watch that one. Um, you know, they they definitely uh, stifled Dallas. Obviously, Dallas had but the 19, issue with nineteen to three or whatever it was. Wasn't but it's still yeah, impressive. it's still. I mean, yeah, it's still ugly. But you know, you only gave up three points. Dak Prescott didn't get hurt till the second half. I think the Buccaneers are going to be the team that is riddled by injury. Uh, they have some older players. They definitely have some older the, players. Their offensive lines kind of like piecemeal at this point. I looked at their injury report. Um, we have Tom missing practice due to, to non-football related issues. Uh, we have a hamstring with Evans. I think there's some other issue with Godwin. Yeah, I think Godwin left the game the other day. I can't Fournette, remember what it was. Fournette mispractice. Yeah. Um, and maybe it's precautionary. That's fine. I know these guys have been doing this for quite a long time, and I know they'll, you know, once they, they get their treatment, they'll be up and running. Um, no question in my mind that, you know, once they hit the field, they're, they'll be able to perform. But, you know, it just over time, they're already, like, stretched pretty thin. Um, I personally was selling uh, the Bucks this year. I have the Saints um, as the uh, as the the winner of the NFC South. Um, I have to say, Jameis Winston, aside from being you know a rapist and a generally horrible human being, seems to be one of the dumbest people <laughs> on a football field, um, <sighs> especially in in a in a kind of skill position level i just listening to him talk in interviews it just doesn't make any sense i mean i mean he's made fun of on twitter and in memes like i just this guy i don't get it i don't get it what about him there has to be only one thing that's impressive about him and that's the arm it's it's not his you know character it's not his intelligence it's not his consistency like, I don't know. I mean, he's getting contract, it seems, based on potential alone. But at some point, when you're like 35 and still haven't recognized your potential, like, I assume he just fades out. How, I mean, how old is he now? He's still got to be in his 20s, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. The guy, he, he had, definitely had a lot of potential coming out of Florida State, obviously, or he wouldn't have been the number one pick. I really don't but... want to talk about his potential coming out of Florida State, <laughs> considering what happened there. <laughs> oh, my bad, man. Um, yeah, anyway. Uh, so, yeah, what, what was your next game that you're uh, interested in checking out? So, um, I actually put Seattle and San Francisco. I was um, maybe overreacting um, to the win Monday night. Um, but I feel like we no. I feel like we played really well. Um, we need to improve our running game. Our receivers were not involved in it. Um, I think offensively, we only kind of hit on about four or five plays, and that was the difference of the game. But I was really excited about the defense. Uh, I thought the linebackers were did well with the tackling. I think the secondary looked way the better than I really expected. Good. They were flying around, hitting people. I was really impressed with their play. Um, I was a little underwhelmed by the pressure up front with our front four. Well, that uh, Nuosu got the defensive player of the week in the NFC. I would have liked to see a little bit more pressure getting um, – Russell out of the pocket a little bit so I'm a, I'm a little worried about that but I, I think how if, many turnovers can you get inside the five yard line I mean that's like they just convert two of the those two 
into field goals and they win the game easily. We only had 30 but, but yards. What, but what are we talking about here? That's that's what I'm saying. The defense. I mean, stood yeah, up bend, to the task. But, yeah, bend but don't break. But I mean, you're not gonna. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm just I w- I was pretty. I'm I'm happy that Seattle won that game, and I. Th- if we didn't win another game the rest of the season, I'm okay with that. I'm not but, sitting here saying they're going to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. But what I'm telling you is I think we can sneak some games. And I got a little yeah, prediction a little bit later that, you know, kind of I'm going to co-sign this. But I think we give San Francisco a lot of trouble, um, even last year um, when we weren't that good. And I think we have an opportunity to steal one in San Francisco. Yeah. I mean, we had – yeah, there – the Seahawks had 30 yards of offense in the second half of that game against Denver the other night, which was insane. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying the offense is good. It's not. They're going to – yeah, I mean, they're going to – and they need to run the ball. If they can run the ball, I think you're absolutely right. I think they, they're going to give – when the days that they can run the ball and, like, let Geno Smith set up some play action stuff, they're going to they're gonna win a couple – they're going to win a few games by doing that at least. Yeah, so. we'll see what happens. All right. Um my other uh, game I'm looking forward to this week is the Dolphins and the Ravens. That was, I was looking at this one too, um, but I don't know. I'm 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 not sure what those teams are yet. Right. I thought Tua looked better than I thought he was going to look for sure. I was not expecting much from him whatsoever. Uh, I thought Lamar Jackson looked great. I'm excited to see. With him, him with a chip on his shoulder this season is going to be fun to watch. I, I think he's kind of an electric, uh, you know, quarterback anyway. Like that can Ooh. really Lamar Jackson. Oh, Lamar Jackson, yes, I agree that can, that. Uh, you know, I mean, he can really he can take over a game at any moment. And like his, yeah, I I love watching him play. He reminds me a lot of Randall Cunningham, with just like the flick of a wrist and the ball's sixty five yards down the field, and sure. it looks like he barely even threw it. Um, and yeah, I mean, as the Ravens get healthier, um, I'm, I'm, you know, with JK Dobbins and the run game getting built back up, I think, uh, I think, yeah, I just, I feel like this is going to be a good, good game, fun game, kind of litmus test for both teams. Well, I think how, that's, how that's are. the point. Like it's, it is the litmus test. What are these teams? Are they pretenders or are they contenders? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and speaking of pretenders and contenders um i was kind of taking a look at the tennessee buffalo game i want to see buffalo playing a perennial you know top tier team in in the afc um a team that's coached well good defense and see if they can a good running game and see how well they do uh with that style um and i'm not sure that i expect tennessee to win but i think they're well enough coached uh they're they seem to be in, in a lot of games um, so I, I'm excited to see what Buffalo can do with them. Can they cut down the mistakes? Can they move the ball against this defense? Can they take advantage of, you know, Tannehill's lack of, you know, eliteness? You know, we'll, we'll see. How does yeah. the defense hold up? Yeah, that'll be, that'll be a good game too, for sure. And my final game, Minnesota-Philly. I'm, I'm tracking Philly. Um, I just bought some waterfront property on eagles island and i'm gonna you know i have to check in on it from time to time haven't built a house yet but um yeah potential's there i like it i like it you know and i had a couple of uh just like little headlines that i saw that 
that kind of piqued my, or not even like a couple that I, I have myself. Um, and then one that I actually read a little article about how uh, over the summer with uh, training camp that concussions actually dropped by 50% with the players using uh, the guardian caps, those mm. big yeah. strange padded helmets. Um, and they, they were pretty much just doing it for guys that, um, on the lines, especially uh, maybe some. I saw some running tight backs ends, wearing right? them. It was tight ends, running backs, offensive, defensive yeah. line. And I did see some some cornerbacks wearing them too. A couple of them on on uh, either Hard was, Knocks or one it of was them. Mo- the linebackers. There was mostly oh, okay. like internal people that are right. that are yeah constantly getting yeah. getting the, in the there receivers and the in the tight ends. So that I mean, and, and the I cornerbacks didn't have. I think they're still using those in practice during the season as well. So uh, it'll be interesting to see because, you know, it always sucks when you hear like, oh, you know, running back X, Y, or Z just got a concussion in practice today. He's out for the out for the next two weeks or whatever the case may be. Um, so, I, I'm yeah, hopefully that really cuts down on it like they're, like they're hoping. Um, it would be, it'd be hey, nice to see. Maybe it's like one of the like the catalytic converter. It basically eliminates all pollution in vehicles, and you know you can't even commit suicide with your car anymore in the garage because of those things. Oh really? So maybe this pad kind of saves saves lives like that. <laughs> oh man, I love it. I love it. Um, next headline that I, I'm interested in, in seeing how it plays out: uh, Will Denver let Russ cook? Because there's a. I mean the. As a Seahawks fan, watching him sit on the sideline and while a missed uh, 64, which would have been the second longest field goal, uh, outdoor field goal in NFL history, go wide left was the most priceless thing I've ever seen. Like, the whole reason he wanted out was because it was about him, about being, you know, wanting to, to be in control of the offense. And they didn't give him a shot on fourth and five to to pick up that first down. It's just I, I was I was like, well, it it was a good at that point I was just like, yeah, they're gonna let him run a little bootleg out. He's gonna hit some tight end over the middle because we couldn't cover the tight ends. And you know, I just I, I had already come to grips with the fact that they were gonna beat us on a last minute field goal, just when they trotted out their kicker for a 64 yarder, I was very happy. Um, I think we saw them let him cook. I think that's the version of cooking that Russ does now. He was sitting, he wasn't moving out of the pocket. He had a lot of time back there. So maybe there wasn't the urgency for him to, to go out and make things happen. And if you can hold off a, a defensive line for four or five seconds, you yeah. know, things are going to open up. But that's what he did. He, he, stu- he stood back there. He didn't really run. And he, he just threw the ball. But what we found out is when he was in that red zone and he had – it was like first and goal or something. And we – he had like three straight passes that were incomplete shots at the end zone. And I go – he didn't look like very on, you know, that particular day. And he didn't play the entire season or uh, preseason. So, I mean, suppose that it's, you know, to be expected and – you know, maybe Hackett needs to figure that out in future seasons. But um, I didn't think he was throwing particularly accurate. Um, I don't think he throws particularly accurate in this part of his career. Um, doesn't want contact. I, I, I get it. Um, he's not that impressive. Yeah. What are you going to do? 
Yep, yep. And then uh, the last thing was that uh, I'm interested to see if Dallas panics and goes and trades for Jimmy Garoppolo or, you know, tries to get another quarterback into the system as soon as possible. Is the trade window open? I don't think you can right now. Yeah, I don't think there is a – I mean, I don't think there's a pay, start gotta, to you, the trade season. There's just an end to the trade. There's a trade deadline. There's not a trade start. Yeah, I don't. I know. I don't. I don't know why. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo's. Well, first of all, his shoulder's not healed yet. I don't know who's going to. Yeah, trade he for him was. Now. Like they were going to trade him, and the like. The only reason they didn't it's release just, him is because they thought he was going to come to Seattle. I, I I think you're wrong. Right, I think well, his shoulder's still. He's still working. I don't think so, man. Out. They were saying he's looking great. He's going to be their starting quarterback in like three weeks when Trey Lance continues to play like shit. Not a chance. I bet you that that we see Jimmy Garoppolo starting a game this season for the 49ers. So we're moving the needle. So it's not three weeks uh, now? Well, uh, maybe not three weeks exactly, but I bet you within like the first – I bet So the if first that's half the case, the season, if, if that's your argument, then why trade him to Dallas? It doesn't make any sense. Well, because you got – everybody's been saying like, you can't have – that's why uh, New England got but, rid but of Cam you, Newton last year. But if you year. believe that he is going to be playing for the San Francisco 49ers I believe that, but year. the 49ers have to think that Trey Lance is their guy. They have to give him every opportunity. Having another quarterback who has already been in the locker room, has already taken them to the Super Bowl, can't be good for his mental health when he's not doing well. I don't think it matters. Yeah, I don't know, man. That's why people get rid of the other quarterback when there's uh, whoever wins the quarterback competition. They get rid of the other guy. Well, I mean, you're definitely channeling Bill Simmons right now, not even thinking about how people like evolve and kind of find solutions to those types of problems in a locker room or otherwise. I don't think it's as big as, as he or you are making it out to be. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Indeed. All right. So you ready to go to some predictions? Yeah. So uh, let's – I mean, I, I, I kind of went through um, some of the – the games last week i picked a couple that i thought were like like i didn't agree with a lot of them are like i don't know if i put money on those i, I may not agree with like point spread yeah, wise I, I may not, yeah i might not agree with the point spread or who they have winning or losing but i think it's close enough for me to go i don't know so the first one i have is at pittsburgh uh the steelers are <clears throat> plus one and a half versus new england um, it's uh plus two now it's plus two now okay i was I, i'm I think Pittsburgh's going to win this game outright. Um, the payoff's not that much. It's just like a, I was just going to – I was actually going the exact opposite way on this. I think Bill Belichick is going to eat Mitch Trubisky's lunch uh, in that game. I don't think that, I don't think there's any chance that – yeah, I, I don't think that Belichick is letting a guy like Trubisky beat him. I don't think he has the team to do anything like that. I mean, their defense is was struggling. On Mitch Trubisky Sunday. didn't do anything last last week either. No, and 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 the offense just just like the Bengals' ineptitude on offense to to start the game last week, the the Patriots are gonna do that the entire game. They they are not capable of moving the ball. Yeah, well, especially I guess if Mac Jones doesn't play, it's gonna be. Well, I guess we'll see, man. So you're, yeah, you're it's taking uh, that's England good. At, we're head to head on this yeah. one. Uh, the other thing though, TJ Watt is out, and that that's what don't think it make it. Makes I think I don't think their defense can do the things they want to do without. I him. think they'll be fine. They're really we'll good see. defensively. We'll see. 
And then my next game, um, I was looking at Seattle. Um, when I looked at it yesterday, it was plus nine and a half uh, at San Francisco. Um, I'm not saying the Seahawks are going to win that game, but I think nine and a half was a lot. I guess you said it got uh, bought down to minus eight or to eight it's and a half. It's eight and a half today, yeah. yeah. So, um, so there there are people hitting that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. All the money seems to be going on Seattle right now. So um, enough to swing that. But yeah, and that's the other thing. I mean, Trey Lance looked terrible on Sunday, and you know, in Seattle usually plays very San Francisco tough. conditions. Yeah, and they that's play them true. tough. But I'm not expecting Trey Lance to just go bonkers on this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is Kittle still out? Like, I don't. Who are I, there? Who are he's there? on the injury report. Yeah. I, I don't think they've made a determination yet. Defensively, they're crazy. I get it. Um, I don't know if our offense is going to be able to move at all versus this team. We'll yeah. see. Um, but I think nine and a half is pretty. Yeah, I think it, high. I saw that the, that it was at nine and a half, and I just hadn't made it out to the casino yet because I probably would have taken that bet with and, and Seattle plus and, nine and a half. Yeah, and speaking of just being like a crazy high line is uh, at Denver uh, uh, not, minus nine and a half over Houston. I thought that was crazy too. Like yeah. Houston didn't. I mean, look these are like all still team. professional athletes, right? Like, well, I think the Houston defense is way better than they're giving them credit. Yeah, for. I think so too. And and but I mean, it would on a scale of one to ten, how shocked would you be if Houston beat Denver? I'd be pretty you'd be shocked. Pretty, you'd be shocked, I'd be shocked, but you wouldn't be like I wouldn't be like the upset of the century. Or no, anything, not so. at all. And I also don't think I think Denver almost like to win by a ten points is insane too yeah like, i don't i don't know if that's happening either i think they're really underrating houston i agree um the one other one i thought was pretty crazy i think the bears are probably a terrible team but they have some pieces there they have a good running back offensive line isn't completely terrible um justin fields is you know he is we we don't know what he is yet uh and they're 10 point underdogs at green bay I don't think their their defense is is decent. Um, you know, I don't think they're top of the top of the heap or anything. But Green Bay looked terrible on Sunday, like as bad as I've seen Aaron Rodgers look in a long time. Sure, nobody yeah. was you know nobody was getting like the receivers couldn't get open, and I, I don't know how good Minnesota's defensive backs are, but I well I was impressed by Denver's de- or not Denver's uh, Chicago's defense. Yeah. especially in those conditions. Yeah. They held like what we would consider a really good um, running team um, to to very little yards and won the game. What are you going to do? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you have any other predictions? Um, I'm still kind of a proponent of the um, – of hitting the over for Seattle wins. Um, when I looked yesterday, they were currently uh, six and a half games. I'm pretty bullish on that. Um, I think we can get to seven, maybe eight. Um, again, we're not making it to the playoffs, I don't think, but I think we can. I think we're good enough. We're middle of the pack team, which which is much better than I had thought. But you, you think I, we're going to finish better or worse than the Denver Broncos? Hmm. That is a great question. Are we going to end up with the 14th and 15th picks in the first round? I mean, what do you think is going to happen here? 
Like we're gonna get the first pick. I mean, I don't think we're getting the first pick. No. I don't think the first round really matters. I think we're we're probably getting a top five to seven pick from Denver. No, from our. I think we're gonna get. I, I think we're gonna win six games probably. Hmm. That's where I would. That's where I would put it at. I, I would take the under on the six and a half. It was five and a half before we won that game um, against Denver on Monday. I would have taken five and a half for sure. Over. Yeah. Yeah, I, was, I, I, w- I wouldn't go much more than this, though. No. Six and a half no. is probably my limit. I think six is probably I, – I, I would say six. But, yeah, six, seven, somewhere in there, I think, is probably the is probably where it's at. Uh, the other one I thought was crazy. I know you brought up the Bills-Titans game. The Bills are 10-point favorites at home. I saw, I saw that, Against too. the Titans. That feels like – I mean, on a scale of one to ten, how shocked would you be if the Titans went to Buffalo and won? I'd be pretty. I'd be really shocked. Really, I, I don't think the Tennessee Titans have any chance of winning this game. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I just think I that number, points, that number no. is way too big. Yeah, in my opinion. Um, and yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't be like Tennessee has the best running back in football, and I mean their quarterback is a decent is a decent player, and I guess they, their receivers are kind of lacking right now, but. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's going to be – I'm excited to watch that game on Monday. So, uh, yeah, man. So, we're moving on now to our conspiracy corner. Yeah, hot, hot takes. takes. Yep, yep. So, yeah, where, where are you at on that? So, I brought it up a little bit earlier. Um, so, I've been watch, you know, watching Hard Knocks. Um, I wasn't sure what to make of Jared Goff. But after watching the Eagles game, I think we've confirmed that he is who he is. I don't think he's – He's probably in the lower half of quarterback, starting quarterbacks in the league. He threw for 215, two TDs, a pick six uh, from his own 27, and just a measly 56% completion um, against the Eagles on Sunday. Um, I think that's who he is. Yeah, I mean. The Roethlisberger stat line. Yeah, it's definitely why they got rid of him uh, in, in L.A. But, uh, I mean. Yeah, he's he's a decent quarterback. I mean, he's he he put him on a good team. He's going to win you some games. If he's he's or he he's not going to win you. He's not going to completely lose you some games. I guess. Well, I I, I disagree. I think he does lose you games. I think he can win you a game a, a game uh, sometimes. And I think, but we saw this last year. Like it how. It, they were so close in a lot of those games, and they couldn't pull it out. If he's going to win you games, those are those moments. Yeah, and, I, and I just, he, just, and he doesn't. just doesn't do it. Yeah. He's not going to win you. Yeah, yeah, he's not going to win you a lot of games. Um, my uh, my kind of hot take was Saquon Barkley just looked fantastic on on Sunday. Uh, I am I'm buying what they're selling. I think. I'm I'm the Giants. I'm excited just, about the Giants. Oof. With if Saquon Barkley stays healthy, I I like where they can go. I, I do. There is no question that Saquon Barkley was worth the third pick in the draft. Um, he is that good, but he hasn't yeah. been healthy. Yeah. we'll see. Um, and I'm excited to see him and Christian McCaffrey go head to head on Sunday. That'll be that'll be a fun game. But shit, man, if if the Giants can get out to a two and zero record. To start with, like that's that's I, putting your you're definitely getting a couple steps about up on the everybody. Giants or the Panthers. That to me is like just I'd rather mow the lawn. 
than watch those two teams play. Uh, man, Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey are just two of like the most exciting offensive players that we've had in a while. Yeah, but they got knuckleheads giving them the ball. True. Baker Mayfield didn't look that bad on, on Sunday, but they still lost the game, which was very disappointing. I was I was all in on them. Actually, yeah, I was hoping the we we've we've dubbed that team the Cleveland Enablers. Yeah, um, and I what was, was the re- Washington the traffickers? The, yeah, the Washington traffickers. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I both of those teams I wanted to fail. Um, they both won, unfortunately. So yeah. that's how much karma gives a shit about what I think. So you know yeah. it is what it is. All right, you got any more hot takes? Um, I do. I thought the Tom Brady to Las Vegas rumors were all bullshit. And I don't think they were talking about David Carr. I always thought they were talking about Fitzpatrick. And he came out this week and kind of said said as much. Uh, I think he was trying to go to Miami. I think he was trying to be an owner of that team. They were really pursuing him really hard. If, if, if anything, Las Vegas was a, a leverage play. But I think I think... It's Miami. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think you're right. I I could see. I think Miami was the first choice for sure. But I think he – I still think he probably would have rather gone to Vegas than to Tampa. So. Which, uh, is, which obviously is what happened because right. he went to Tampa. Right. But I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I don't think – but what prevented him from going there? Well, according to Dana White, it was that John Gruden was like, no, we're not doing that. And he had control of the personnel why, at why that would, time. Why would he go to John Gruden? What What do you mean? Why would... Horrible coach. Yeah. Horrible person. Know. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, man. But, I mean, Tom Brady, the owner of the New England Patriots, is a terrible person, too. Sure. But... Then so are ninety percent of the fucking people in the NFL, but we still watch this shit or, or, every week. Or the world anyway, for that matter, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we, you know, I just think I don't know, man. I don't think Dana White's just gonna sit up there at a press conference and cook up some bullshit. Like I he think said. that's exactly what he's what he does. Maybe. I think that's his whole business plan. What do you mean he doesn't cook up nonsense? That's his whole business plan. Well, yeah, I guess you're. Right. But I think I, why would he come out with that about people that could be like that's a lie. And has anybody come out and disputed what he said? One why, single person? Why even address it? John Gruden's probably trying to rehab his image. Why even address it? That's the whole <sighs> point. Like, it's what what benefit to Tom Brady to go like, no, Dana's wrong. Oh, f- like, why would I, he even? I don't know, man. Just because it makes Tampa Bay feel like he really wanted to be there. Cool, cool. He could come out and say it was Tampa or it was nothing. I was going to retire if I didn't come to Tampa Bay I th- to play I th- for I Bruce I think Arians. at some level of stardom, you just let people do it. And if it's not worth having a conversation about it or refuting it, you don't. He hasn't refuted any of the rumors whatsoever that have come up. He hasn't spoken out about Miami, hasn't spoken out about anybody. Well, we know the Miami thing was true. They I, lost I the first-round draft pick. But that's my it. point. He doesn't come out against anything. So. Yeah. All right. Well, my next one is the hot it's more of a hot take and it was just my overreaction after week one is that josh allen is going to win the the mvp and that buffalo is going to win the afc uh without a without a problem would you bet both of those things yes okay 
I would. Can't say I disagree. I mean, I. I just don't know I, who I think, else. I think it's unlikely that both of those things happen. Um, I'm sure Josh would rather the latter happen. I'd rather get the first seed, uh, home field advantage throughout the playoffs, all that kind of stuff. Um, well, you're you're assuming that it's one or the other, though. And no, I'm. He could easily I don't, go. Both I think ways. it's unlikely both will happen. Is what I'm telling you. That's that. That's how I led that statement. Okay. Well, I'm just saying. I think I, that that's my overreaction, but I feel kind of good about it as well. So sure. Well, we'll I, see. this is a dialogue. We don't have to have that's dialogues. Why. I can just listen to you. Hey, Mike. <laughs> talk if that's fine. That's fine. I got it. <laughs> oh, get out of here, bro. Anyway, yeah, I you're I mean it's the odds of both happening. I'm not I'm not parlaying that those two bets. That's for sure. I don't but, think it's unreasonable that those two things could potentially happen yeah. given what we what we've seen. And I think it's more likely that if they do go to the Super Bowl that it will be more likely that he's the MVP at that point because you know, team success usually is indicative of of winning that award as well. Actually, that's a very good point. The fact that he gets to to gets his team to that level can actually potentially put him there. We'll see. Right. We'll see how it plays out. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's my last hot take. Did you have any more? Or you want to? Nope. Nope. That was okay. It. So let's uh let's go down Jeremy's uh Jeremy's betting betting tragedies this week. All right. Um, yeah. What do we got? <laughs> so I'm just gonna cover my. I did a couple of uh of college parlays. But then I went ahead and did a four-team parlay in the NFL on Jacksonville on the money line, Carolina to beat Cleveland on the money line, New Orleans on the money line, and Green Bay minus 1.5. So this one blew up on me very quickly. Uh, didn't it, it was crazy, man, because Jacksonville, uh, New Orleans, and Carolina, I'm, wa- I'm having to like follow the games on ESPN.com to – uh, take it uh, to because I, my cable's out, so I couldn't watch any of the games. All three of those games, I believe, were within a field goal at the end of regulation, and they were all up at one point, and then two of the three lost at uh, as as time expired, which was terrible. And then Green Bay obviously got destroyed by Minnesota and couldn't couldn't get out of their own way to uh to blow that game so yeah um here we are another week another loss i feel like i may stop doing parlay bets and just instead bet you know a little bit on on each game i feel good about and go from there but we will see i'm a degenerate gambler not really i don't spend much but i'm excited uh excited to bet every week nonetheless yeah, man, I wouldn't call you a degenerate gambler or anything like that. It's actually really fun to like listen to your stories, and um, I'm actually, you know, one of the things that I like about uh, about these crazy parlays—they're so difficult to nail, right? Right, because you have three or four teams that all have to do the exact thing that you right. picked in order for the whole thing to win. I had a college parlay this last week that was like I, I'd gotten the first four legs of it right. Actually, I guess it kind of hit in the middle. Um, 
But anyway, I didn't. I, I we we went to a, a little league football game. We took the line to gain podcast on the road. We did went and watched some little league football, which was a good time. But like my phone died halfway through, so that I'm like, damn it, I can't check. And then I, and but last I so I had West Virginia uh, just on the money line over Kansas, and they when we went to the game we uh, when we po- pulled in the parking lot, I looked at my phone. Uh, they're up 21 nothing, I believe, in the first quarter. And I'm like, oh, this is easy money right easy here. Money, yeah. And then I, I look at it when we get back. And uh, once I have my phone charged up, and they ended up losing like 55 to 49 in overtime or something. I'm just like, how the hell did that happen? So we'll, um, keep, we'll keep it up. I love kind of like not only just tracking the teams, yeah. but also just kind of. You know, I like, just like it because it makes me yeah the pay more attention. Of it all. Yeah, yeah, it's it makes crazy. me. I, I trust me. I was losing losing my mind not being able to be. I was losing my mind not being able to watch any of these games uh, as they ended on on Sunday. So I'm I'm excited for this coming week when I actually have cable uh, legitimately in intact. So. So, yeah, Good man. Times. Yeah, keep it up, man. I will I for it. sure. I'm not spending a dime of my own money, but I can kind of live <laughs> <laughs> through your your gambling experiences. Yeah. Sometimes. Hell yeah. So yeah, what uh, Mike? What did you you watch or or uh, read anything this week that that caught your eye out kind of outside of the football realm? Yeah. So I have a couple that are, are one and that's inside football, but kind of it's a well. I'll just get into it. Brett Favre. With, oh um, yeah! Recently, he had some texts that were leaked showing his conspiracy to uh, basically funnel five million dollars of public funds to a new vo- volleyball stadium for Southern Mississippi. It's his old uh, alma mater, and it's the school where his daughter was attending and playing on the volleyball team. Right. Um, so, in a place where Mississippi having a, a water crisis at the moment, they're kind of funneling five million dollars to build, you know. Uh, a stadium for a college. Um, apparently, it was part of a larger seventy million dollar scheme to fraud the people of um, of Mississippi. And then I kind of like was thinking about all the things that you know Brett Favre had become. Yeah. Like for example, signing with the Jets. I mean, that in itself is a horrible uh, thing. Uh. Uh, but then while there, he kind of like sends the pictures of his D to um, one of the um, ladies that was doing a game day show for the Jets. Um, so just that part <laughs> is pretty gross. Um, he had, you know, issues with, you know, drugs and alcohol. And I can understand, you know, being a football player and trying to like the painkillers and stuff. I get that piece of it. Um, but then he was also like the tax evasion for all of those um, speaking engagements that he did. And now this, it just seems like he's over there. I don't know. For a guy that made $110 million, um, just kind of why? I like why put yourself out there like that? Just what's the, what's the benefit? Just do your Wrangler commercials and... <laughs> Um, I wanted to, I sent you this, uh, this text message or uh, a tweet yesterday that I saw from Jeff Perlman, who wrote a, an auto or I guess a biography of Brett Favre and said on the day of extended revelations, I want to share something. I wrote a biography of the man that was, that was largely glowing football heroics, overcoming obstacles, practical joker, etc. 
Yes, it included his grossness, addictions, treatment of women, but it was fairly positive. And looking at it now, if I'm being brutally honest, I'd advise people not to read it. He's a bad guy. He doesn't deserve the icon treatment. He doesn't deserve acclaim, image rehabilitation, warm stories of gridiron, or of gridiron glory. His treatment of Jennifer Stepperger, Sturger was inexcusable. And now, taking money that was designated to help poor people in his state and funneling it to build, checks notes, a fucking volleyball arena is so grotesque, so monstrous, I don't know how someone like that looks in the mirror. I just don't. So, sincerely, don't buy the book. Don't take it out from the library. Leave it. There are so many better people worthy of your reading hours, of your time. I prefer crumbs like Brett Favre shuffle off into the abyss, shamed by greed and selfishness. And I thought that was that was pretty raw, man. Like, um, and that guy's making money. I mean, he could make money off people buying his book, telling him not to buy his book. Because how much of a piece of shit Brett Favre is. You, you, you. He put it in the exact way that I would articulate it if I if I had some time. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we can say more. We'll leave it at that. Okay. You should disappear into the ether. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I don't remember if I mentioned that I w- had been watching The Captain, the Derek Jeter documentary on the last episode or not, but I finished it up this week. Um, you know, it's an ESPN films. I'm not sure if it's actually considered a 30 for 30 or not, but uh, it, it was very good. It was very good. It wasn't... Um, you know, it's, it's called the captain it's, um, directed and produced by Randy Wilkins, who's Spike Lee's protege, um, who I'm a huge fan of, uh, Spike Lee was actually executive producer on it. It it just didn't really hit the same as the last dance, which I still feel like the last dance came out at the perfect time. Like when all sports were shut down during COVID, and we got this like gem of a documentary series that we could watch every Sunday that, you know, just had all these great, they were still editing the last two um, episodes of that documentary when they released the first two. Oh, really? I didn't know that. That's, that's interesting. Um, But yeah, I just, you know, I thought, I thought man in the arena was better. I thought uh, the last dance was definitely better. Um, Love some of the quotes. There's a, there's a scene in there where, uh, Nomar Garcia Parra is talking about the 1999 Red Sox Yankees and how uh, rivalry and how they got beat in either in the playoffs or the ALCS. I'm not sure which. And Nomar Gar and so they're obviously they're in different places, you know. And the the way they edited it was like there was a few statements that people would make, and then it would be like immediately switched to Derek Jeter being like, "Wait, what?" And so Nomar Garcia Parra said, "We had the better team in 1999." And it immediately flips to Derek Jeter and he says, that's, that's what losers say. He's like, get, get, the, get the fuck out of here. He's like, no, you weren't better than us. He's like, absolutely not. And there was another uh, scene when his wife was talking about after he broke his ankle that he had, to, he had one of those little uh, scooter things that you put your knee on and kind of push. Or, and uh, he fell, like s- slipped on the rug or something and fell. And uh, he was just like, she's saying too much. Like what? What the hell's wrong? Like it, it switched over to him immediately. It was pretty funny because yeah, he's such a private person anyway. Even even in this, you could still kind of sense that. But 
uh, you know, the, the interviewees that they had on there that were talking about them. They had, uh, you know, Fat Joe was on there talking about um, how much, you know, love New York had for the Yankees. And so was uh, Jada Kiss from the Locks, which was cool to see those guys being a part of it as well. But, yeah, good good documentary worth – I mean, it's seven hours of your life you're investing into it, but it's uh, it's pretty entertaining. I think for me that's where – I'd say I'm not a baseball fan like you are. It'd be rough for me to sit down for that. I, I might at some point. It's definitely on my, uh, on my list of things to do, like fill in the hole in my backyard and watch, watch the captain. <laughs> well, there was definitely uh, – I mean, there were some Seattle ties, which was cool because of – uh, you know, he made his debut in Seattle in 95 and then uh, they brought him he wasn't on the playoff roster but they brought him to Seattle for uh, the ALC or AL divisional series that year and that was the Edgar Martinez you know ropes the double down the left field line and Ken Griffey Jr. scores from first base to win it all or to w- win a, a walk off in game five so it was uh, entertaining They they didn't really touch much on uh, the Yankees' dem- demolition of the 2001 116-win Mariners, thankfully, mercifully, I guess, was uh, was left out for the most part. So, but that was my uh, that was my main thing that I kind of checked out this week. Yeah, a lot of good content out there. Um, I watched the other day Untold: uh, Race of the Century. Um, as I was, it was funny, like I was watching this. I saw the ads. I'm like, I don't know if I'm interested in the sailing thing. Yeah. But as I started to kind of watch it, um, I realized that I remember like back in that, that 83, 84 time period where this was like a big deal that the U.S. had lost and that they came back with Stars and Stripes and kind of got the America's Cup back. And really since that moment, they didn't ever like rattle off that streak of wins like they had done pri- uh, pr- uh, prior. So it's it's interesting, like I had all of these like peripheral memories of like this stuff happening. Like I, it was in my orbit, uh, but didn't really know the details to kind of like understand the details and, and stuff like that. And just still like, it's really a show about like white privilege kind of getting in the way of you know you know buying their own like uh, indestructibility and you know uh, not really allowing other people to compete on a fair level mm-hmm. they had um gone out and once they saw how fast the australian ship was um, they started to figure out all of these different things that they could do to kind of undermine um, the, the the legitimacy of that team. They went to the the Dutch guys that helped um, design. They didn't design anything, but what they did is they had the facilities to help test the designs that the Australian guy was making. Um, and they tried to like convince them like, you better say it was you who helped design it. It's just undermining the, 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 the whole process. And I just like, it just it never stops, man. And I just thought it was pretty interesting that despite all of that, this kind of group of ragtag, you know, Australians had an idea and two years later, they were able to manifest it into one of the, the greatest victories of, you know, modern sports. Nice. Yeah, I have, I have that on my list of stuff to watch. I just haven't, I haven't checked it out yet. So I'm, I'm interested. Yeah, there, there's a lot of good content out there. I think the uh, what's the Banana Land or whatever the the ESPN Plus 
uh, thing about the South Carolina minor league team. I'm going to start watching that on uh, this coming week and try to. Oh, interesting. I didn't even that. know it was there. I, uh, I thought you like mentioned it last. Maybe you just said, you said something last week that made me think you were talking about that. And we were talking like, about relegation, I think. And I oh, think like we should bring up the Savannah bananas. That's it's, well, we, it's, it's a documentary series that covers the Savannah bananas. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, anyway, it's, Looks pretty entertaining. Like, they have a lot of uh, interesting little uh, gimmicks to get people out to the to the game. So, yeah, my my last uh, point was Robert Sarver, uh, Phoenix Suns Mercury oh, yeah. owner, um, was recently suspended from attending team events and fined uh, ten million dollars for his creation of a to- toxic work environment, uh, racist remarks, sexual remarks, uh, sexual harassment, body shaming. Um, the investigation essentially chalked it up to childish uh, antics. Now, on one sense, I'm glad that there's some, like, punishment, some, yeah. you know, for this type of behavior. Even at, though for it's the very owners. minor. Very minor. Um, and But it's, it's more than what they've done to um, Dan Snyder. Uh, and it's funny somebody had made the comparison in uh, a press conference that you know the players if they do this they get fined or they get cut or you know if people in in the organization they do it they get fired and all this kind of other stuff and they said why why doesn't the same thing happen for the owner and um adam silver as much as i kind of disagree with you know allowing these people to continue to do that the fact is they do own property it is their team right and it's really hard to remove ownership from somebody and force them to do something that they don't want to do like sell the team Uh, and you only uh, have a certain amount of things within your power in order to do that i think when when it gets so bad that it becomes a problem for the other owners like, like Donald Sterling. Yeah, do, well, even this, for example, I think they're downplaying what it meant to the other people that he was, you know, doing this towards, um, and just going, oh, he's just, it's just, you know, what, what did what did Trump call it? Um, gym, you know, locker room talk. Yeah, locker room talk. Yeah. So, those things hurt people, right? Mm-hmm. And we need to kind of like start understanding that. But the only thing I can assume is that as an owner. Um, knowing who you are and what you've done, if there's any self-awareness to your actions or potential, you know, lawsuits that could happen, you know, if you if you basically start forcing other owners out based on a morality clause, what does that mean for you? So it's yeah. it's a it's an interesting place to be. I'm glad that the NBA did something. Um, I wish the NFL would be a little bit more proactive in that regard at least make it painful for some of these guys to be doing stuff, hurt them where, you know, hurt their ego, hurt them with their pocketbook. I'd like to see, you know, $20 million or $30 million that go to the, the victims of, of Dan Snyder's uh, behavior, the behavior of his organization. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'd like to see some stuff like that happen, but I'm glad something happened. Um, yeah, but I wish it was NBA. A bit more. Get, NBA give Seattle their team back, please. Uh, it's coming, man. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for it. I'm planning on it. Yep. All right. Well, uh, here we come, week two. I'm excited, man. NFL is back, baby. Yep. Tomorrow I'm gonna start taking my notes, and uh, hopefully I'll have some good stuff for you next week. All right. 
Well, until next week, guys, if you could like, rate, review, and share this podcast, we would really appreciate it. Helps us with the algorithms. And, uh, yeah, we will be back next week. Peace.